Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? an awesome thing and you know that's what the law does it directs us to that one door and so his response oh yeah you know I've done that I'm a good person but this is what I love again because often when we get into spiritual discussions with people arguments you know over scripture or over doctrine we want to beat them over the head with the bible you know and we want to win that when we really we don't we shouldn't be wanting to win the argument we need to be concerned about winning the soul for Jesus. And you're not going to do that by beating, trust me on this, as one who has a lot of experience of beating people up with the Bible, I had to repent because that was who I was for many years. I, I had such a desire for intellectual pursuit when it comes to Scripture and knowing the history and knowing the doctrine that I just beat people up. And it was such damage that I did that I had to repent, and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. And if you give me another chance, I promise I'm going to do better. <laughs> and I've tried to do better because you're not going to win people over by beating them up. Now, sometimes the Lord will call you to say something pretty harsh, pretty brutal, and you'll know it's the Lord. I want to react like Jesus reacts. Look at verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Jesus knew this man who had come running to him, who bowed before him. He knew him intimately. He knew him inside and out. This one who was seemingly so excited to speak to Jesus, the good teacher. But understand this, the Lord knows you in the same way. Do you know that? The Lord knows each one of us. He knows everything you struggle with. He knows everything we struggle with. He knows every little thing, every nuance, every prideful you know, argument we have in our mind. You know, uh, you know, maybe some of you struggle with you know, people driving s- slow in front of you. I don't. Yeah, I'm kidding. But you just give that to the Lord and you pray for those people. They need it. You know what, here's the truth. You guys already know, that's one of my biggest struggles, and I have to tell you this. Um, I think I, I expressed and told you this before, but a couple months back when it was snowy, I took the freeway, and I was driving over here, and this guy cut me off in this four-wheel drive, and he's going crazy, and I was thinking, okay, four-wheel drive, it helps you go faster in the snow, but it don't help you stop any faster. And I'm just, this guy cuts me off, and I'm like, so I back off a little, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you put him in front of me. I need to pray. I'm going to church. You know, I'm going to preach this. It's before church on a Sunday. And all of a sudden, this guy starts to swerve. He almost rolls. He hits the embankment. He hits the cement. He almost turns over completely. And I get out, and I'm, I'm helping him. They're fine, and they're calling for help. And um, you know, I had an opportunity to witness to him. And I told him, I'm a pastor. I'm going to church. You guys want to come? And they're like, well, we have to go. You know, but he's calling his brother. And I was thinking, wow, 
I was praying for that guy when that happened. I don't know what would have happened otherwise. I don't know. But I know the Lord's taught me like that. You know, whenever I'm obedient, it's always fruitful. But just remember, the Lord knows you. He, like he knew this man. He knows every flaw. And when Jesus does, like with this rich young ruler, when he convicts your heart through his word, through something in your life, when he convicts you, do not get angry, do not get bitter, do not run away. Do you know that Jesus wants the best for you? Do you know that? And do you really trust that? Jesus wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for all of us. He has the best if we will just submit to him. But we see here this rich young ruler is really just a poor young man, isn't he? Because he doesn't realize what he's missing. He doesn't realize that what he's caught up in is covetousness. He's caught up in the cares of this life. And that's something we have to be aware of too. He just couldn't let his worldly possessions go. Look at verse 22. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So in one moment, this young man's sins were exposed. This is what he was struggling with. He thought he was a good person. And Jesus went right to the one issue he knew would get him to show him, you're not as good as you think you are. There is no one good but God. And he went right at the sin for this young man. And I wonder, you know, if you look at this, and and he went right at the one thing that this man admitted that was his flaw, that was his sin. And I want to challenge each one of us today. Is there one thing in your life? For some of us, maybe it's more than one thing. Is there something in your life you know you have to get rid of? You know you have to lay it down. Don't be like this rich young ruler who went away sorrowful. Do you understand What a privilege it is to be part of the body of Christ. We don't have the wrath of God upon us any longer. We are not at enmity with God. We are no longer his enemy, we are his family. And this is what's so awesome and powerful about the gospel is that you and I are forgiven. When he looks upon you and me, he doesn't see the sin. He sees Jesus. The Father sees the Son because we're covered in the blood of Christ. He is in us. We have his righteousness, not our own, thank God, because we are not good. And we struggle with more than one of the commandments. I promise you that. This is what this young man struggled with. He struggled with it. He didn't realize that we all fall short of the glory of God because he thought he was pretty good. But then in verse 23, Jesus is going to begin to instruct his 12 in a powerful way because I think this is relevant for us too and encouraging for us. Verse 23, he said, then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, you know, when you're young, you learn a lot of things in the Bible and you think you know everything, as I've told you. You know, you really want to beat people over the head. You want to get all this knowledge. One of the things I was taught early on in a different kind of a church was that, that this is talking about another kind of a gate, the eye of a needle. Have you ever heard this story? But I want to tell you, that's wrong. Okay, so right off the gate, no pun intended, right out of the gate here, I want to tell you, that's not what this is saying. Because what Jesus is laying down here is an impossible standard. Here's what happened in church history later on, many centuries after Christ. There are a couple things. You had the legalists who wanted to teach you that you could work your way to heaven. And you had the greediest 
people who <laughs> wanted to have your money. And so they came up with this concept, this idea, well, what Jesus is really talking about is a separate gate that would be closed. The main gate of the city would be closed, and then there'd be this separate gate called the eye of a needle. And what you could do is you can unload all your treasure from your camel, all your possessions, and then you could push the camel, you'd have somebody pull, and you could push, and you could work that camel through the eye of a needle, and you could get in. And it, so it was, number one, for those who had the works mentality, they wanted to show you you could work your way in. And then there were those who really just wanted your money, and they were telling people, unload your possessions to the church, and you could fit through the eye of a needle. You see how wicked this stuff is? That's why we have to be careful. We have to study the word for ourselves. Here's the thing. There's no historical account of the eye of a needle being the separate gate. What Jesus is saying here, ready, is that it, it's easier for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel, you know, those big camels? You know what I'm talking about, the animal? That's what he's talking about. To fit through the eye of a needle. A needle. Do you, have you ever seen a needle? He's talking about that. And he's, it's a bit humorous, but understand what he's saying. It is impossible. And we're going to see that. It, we'll understand and we'll see. But also understand this. In the Talmud, this is why the, the disciples are so astonished when they, they hear this, that it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel to fit through the eye of a needle, that it's impossible. Because in the Talmud, it was taught all through the Talmud in Jewish history that the more wealthy you were, the more saved you were. Because you were able to pay more alms and give to the poor and give to the temple treasury and all this. And the more you could give, the more saved you were, the more righteous you were, the more holy you were. And so when they say in verse 26, where it says, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? See, it's an impossible standard. Did you see that? And in the Greek, greatly astonished, you're never going to guess what it means. It means greatly astonished. <laughs> they were blown away because they'd never heard anybody teach this. What they had been taught is the more rich you were, the more saved you were, the more righteous you were. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then could be saved? Remember I told you, everybody, when you give them the law, they end up saying, well, then that means everybody is going to hell. Yeah, that's what the disciples are saying. Then who can be saved? If the rich can't be saved. But you know, in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us about this. He tells us and warns us about riches and the allure of riches. 624, Matthew 624 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is just money or possessions, worldly wealth. You can't serve both. You can't. But what Jesus is saying is you can't have money and possessions above God. He's not saying you can't have wealth and possessions. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the allure, how tricky they are. You know, one thing I heard years ago was a secular person was talking about this. He said, the closest any man ever gets to being God or a God is someone who is independently wealthy and doesn't have a need in the world. Millionaires, billionaires. People who have money, they can just buy whatever they want. They can buy whatever lawyers they want. They can buy whatever companies they want. They can buy whatever health care they want. It's the closest thing. And so what happens is when people put money and wealth above God, that becomes their God. That's what happens. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.